get the business But before you complain, please let me explain I think you'll understand my position You've read all those books I know your looks You think people who drink solo have problems Welcome, everyone, to the July edition of Pausable Deniability. I'm Bob. With me is my leader and the head host of this show, David Miller. How are you, sir? That is that is such a welcoming invitation. And A welcoming and, what? I don't know. I'm, no, 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 no. I heard what you said. I can't do it. I don't. I don't. I think you meant I, I invitation. I'll leave that to you. All right. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, it, it's great to be here with you this evening, afternoon. We don't know what it is, what time we don't want to pull back the curtain too far. Yeah, It but, really could uh, be any time, any place. Yeah. It's great to, uh, great to be here. Happy to Small be town USA. That's right. Yeah. So because, and, and I just want to announce the topic up front, we are going to get to the weigh-in, so I'm not going to skip the weigh-ins, but this episode is going to be about something we're all prone to enjoy this time of year, especially with 4th of July coming up, a nice adult beverage. We're going to talk about alcohol, drinking. A little bit of, little bit of drinking, a little bit of uh, impact that that may have had on our family, our lives, our friends, etc. Yeah, it, it'll be... A combination. We're, this is this is going to be more of a dramedy, right? So we'll have some we'll have some laughs. Obviously, we've both you know had some fun so laugh tracks over the years. But, on this. Uh, there's also some you know deeply personal and psychologically scarring uh, serious serious issues we've uh, experienced over the years with uh, as a result of uh, drinking. So too true. Too so true. We'll we'll get to that fun and frivolity in just a minute, but. Let's start off with the uh, with our monthly weigh-in, Millerman. I'm going to let you go first because you I know, think I think that you are going to really I, have some positive news for us today. I do. I I feel like I feel like I do have some positive news. Okay, this is great, and I want you to go first <sighs> because here's what here's what I'm here's what I'm expecting, and I could be completely wrong. But what I think is going to happen is, is you're going to tell us that you had a loss and it's going to be a, you know, it's a loss. So any loss is a win, but I have some, I have some other news and I just feel like that we want to end on a high note. Well, I obviously, <laughs> I don't think we really look at this as a competition as much as just a True. mutual encouragement Correct. Kind of thing. Yeah. So we both I'm want all, to succeed on this. Yeah. I'm all for you having a better loss than me. I'm, right. I'm totally well, on board with that. If so you want me to go first. I will. No, I'll, I'll go first. I'm good. Okay. All so right. last month I was at uh 288.4, 288. which was a gain uh, from the previous month of 3.6 pounds. That was the first time since we started doing this, that I had a gain Oof. month over month. So that was disappointing. Sure. But I've righted the ship this month. That's what I'm talking about. And I am happy to report that after skyrocketing to 288.4 in June, my weigh-in for the July episode is a slender 283.0. So I am... 5.4 pounds Ooh. down from where I was last month, which is the largest of my monthly losses so far. Thunderous applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thunderous I appreciate applause. that. Now it's exciting. Um, started off the original weight in February when we started doing the uh, weigh-ins was 291.4. So not a full 10 pounds down yet, but you know, we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. I, Steady progress. Uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, don't have the uh, 
the math totally done on that one yet, but I would, I would guess that we're probably talking about, Oh, maybe 8.4 pounds. Yes. 8.4 pounds. It is. Okay. All and, right. Uh, That's a good guess. I appreciate so, well, it. Well, I, I had the calculator. I just didn't know I was going to get it up. They as don't know that. As I, uh, you just ruined the magic. <laughs> pull the curtain back at all times. So Millerman, you were at 264.4 last month and you did lose last month and you have lost like, like that's one thing that I should point out. Both of us have, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I take this back. Okay. The, I was looking at the number, the, the minus and the positive, right? Okay. So mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. had a very, very slight gain last month, 0. 0.2 yeah. pounds. Yeah. You went from 264.2 to 264.4, but right. very nominal change. Now, where are we for July? Um, I have to tell you that that as of this morning, okay, I am I am up a little from earlier this week. Okay, okay, but my number today, this morning, two five five dot zero. Excellent. Two fifty five dot zero. That is a 9.4 pound loss since last month. Millerman, I take my hat off to you for that, sir. Thank that you. is outstanding. And you say you were actually down even more. I was. I was How at low did you get? 3.8. I was at 253.8. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was four days ago, three or four days ago. Now, what, what have you done differently to bring on this precipitous melting off of the pounds well there's there's really there's really two things the first is i have joined the herd of people doing keto okay keto all right yeah yeah i convinced my lovely bride that we needed to do keto my brother has had a lot of success with it um, now does your brother uh does he struggle with weight as well no or? not really he was always he was always very active and thin and, and, or not thin, but he was, he was muscular, well-built. Um, but, yeah, but he's an old F now like me. So yeah, he's, he's six years older than me. So, um, he's like 50, right? Uh, yeah. He'll turn 51 in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So his metabolism shot for sure. And there was a, there was a time where, I mean, he was, he was struggling with it or, you know, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't concerned about it per se, but he was definitely overweight. And uh, over the past few years, he's done keto. I think he's been doing it for three, three and a half years, something like that. He lost a lot of weight. He's kept it off. He looks great. He works out all the time. You know, he's he's back to that to that younger self for sure. Awesome. So, you know, keto. We've got we've got some other family members. My wife's mother and aunt also do the keto. So it was just one of those things where we started doing that. So I, honestly, a lot of that loss I attribute to the water weight. So I'm not as, I'm not as, um, I'm not as sure that I'm going to have that same loss percentage or weight amount you know, next month. I don't, well. I don't anticipate that. The important thing is to continue the downward trend. Sure. You want well, to have that momentum. I think I sent you a photo a week or so ago of a new edition, maybe two weeks ago, of a new edition that we have here at Miller Manor. Yes, your uh, garage weight room. You've turned your garage into a, um, a fitness uh, supreme. Well, I'm trying to think of the name of that place. What's the... Planet Fitness, yes. Planet Fitness, right? Yeah, we have we have Miller Fitness inside the inside the garage. So we had, um, I had planned on putting it outside, and my lovely bride convinced me to uh, put it in the garage. And I was like, man, it just gets so freaking hot in the garage. But we have a window, and not a lot of garages have a window. No, they do not. And so it's just because it's, it faces kind of the, the front of the street. And I guess they decided it, it would look nice. So they put a window in there. So I thought, okay, well, what about a window unit to help cool it off in there? 
Oh. And what I ended up getting instead of a window unit was actually one of those portable air conditioners. Yeah, those are all the rage these days. Now, how, yeah. how good do those really work? Uh, pretty damn good, frankly. Um, really? Yeah, so I got, I don't remember, it's like 85,000 BTUs or something like that, which was, it's not the lowest, it's like the next step up. It was like 65 to 85, right? And yeah. it's supposed to be good for a room up to 350 square feet. Well, you know, your standard garage, your standard two-car garage is going to be 20 by 20, so 400, 400 plus with some of the yeah. edging around it, stuff like that. So it doesn't get it doesn't get ice cold in there, but I had it I had it turn on at 4 a.m. so that when I get up and try to go work out, oh, so you have a timer for it? Oh yeah, it, it's got a, it. It runs on an app, so you can you can set a, a start time and an end time. Things That's like excellent. That. What do those things yeah. run? Was that about 500? It was like 400 for the okay. one that I got. That's not bad. 400. It really wasn't. And Is I it was on like, wheels? Yeah, it has. It's yeah, it's it's portable. And it, you, you have to, have, but the thing is, is that it needs, it needs a window access because you got to suck in air. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and it also has, it also has a drain because it, it has a lot of condensation and so it drips. So my buddy who helped me install it, we were going to run the tube and just put it out the window. And I'm really glad that I didn't Bob, seriously, I have a five gallon bucket of water. And I, I typically run, I typically run the unit from 4 a.m. to about 7 p.m. Yeah. Because I figure by, if I haven't worked out by seven, I'm not going to, so I'm done. So I emptied this five gallon bucket three times a day. It's producing, I'm not kidding, 15 gallons of condensation running off into this bucket every day. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing amount of water. And I kept thinking, man, I'm glad I didn't run this outside because if I had, it would just be dripping right into the foundation, right out of this window, and the ground would just be completely soaked. Is there a way to run the hose out the garage door so it goes down the driveway and down the street? So you nah, don't have I mean, to ever nah, empty the bucket? Too much, too much. No, it wouldn't work. Dang too it. far, too far. All that bucket emptying, such a whip. It is, it is a whip. But, you know, again, so... Today it was 97, I think, outside, and it was like 83 in in the in the gym. I just call it the gym now. Um, and that's with the AC going. That's with the AC going. Gosh, I need I need it under 80, man. That's yeah, well. See, and I'm not I'm not worried about that. But part of the problem is is that my garage, the garage door is not insulated. Oh, okay. Get some weather stripping. Yeah. No. Well, it, I mean, it's it's got that, so it doesn't. It's got the weather stripping, but it's not insulated. So oh, okay. it's a metal door and it faces the west. So it gets really hot. Ah, it yes. Gets really hot. So yeah, before this, I mean it was it would be it could be 97 outside, but it'd be a hundred, hundred and five in that room because that sun is just baking that metal door and it's just getting hotter and hotter in there. Mm. So it works great for me because I don't mind working out you know, 80, 82, something like that. No big deal. Well, no that's deal. very encouraging news, Millerman. For the year or for since we started, you're now 6.4 pounds down for the entirety of our run. Okay. Very good. Okay. I am 8.4. So we are very similarly paced right now. You've made big strides. This, this was a huge catch up. That was a big effort. Yeah. That was a big effort. And I, and I admit I am, so I bought I bought a weight set, a weight bench. Uh, we had an elliptical machine that my mother in law wasn't able to use. Her she hurt her knee, so she wasn't able to use this elliptical anymore. So that was already in our garage. We just hadn't been using it. And uh, I've been I've been trying to do two a days. I've been trying to do both <laughs> weights. So you're, you've got training and, camp going on at right. your house. <laughs> I'm doing training camp. I've been trying to do weights. Oxnard in the garage. And audio. Or audio and cardio. I don't, I don't want, want cardio. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I've been trying to do both. Um, today, I just, did, I just did weights. I'm supposed to go for a run on Sunday. I'm supposed to go do four miles with some friends of mine. Um, so I didn't want to do too much. So tomorrow I'll just do a little bit of cardio 
four miles that's so, almost a 5k isn't it it's more than a 5k more than a 5k, 5K. 3.1 miles okay well look at you man that's legit yeah, yeah. so we're gonna be doing that that's the that's the plan so all right yeah. well very good it's very encouraging i'm glad this worked out always feel bad when one of us has an off month because we really we want us to both succeed listen 2021 we're going down yes we're going to put that we're going to put that plane on a downward stretch just like sully we're just going to wow ease it up right there on the river just oh, land yeah. it right there yeah captain <laughs> sully oh i wouldn't mind a nice sullen burger right about now what is the, what do we think is on a sullen burger you think there's like a cheese lettuce mayo patty is made out of ducks <laughs> canadian geese yeah canadian geese. <laughs> <laughs> oh man having thank fun you. thank all you all right so speaking of having fun it is that time of year and this is when a lot of us partake in the uh the imbibing of the beverage of choice be it uh beer wine or maybe some of your harder spirits. Well, Bob, when you're sitting around the house, what is your what is your drink of choice? Just just hanging out, maybe uh, watching TV. Honestly, I rarely drink at home. See, like Same. Same. I I really like every now and then I'll have some beer in the fridge and maybe drink one or two, like doing this maybe. But like tonight, I don't want to have any beer, so it was you know, Coke zero cherry for me, but, um, yeah, I, I rarely have any at the house. I do have my, my, uh, one of my sons has taken to like, give me whiskey or bourbon, uh, every like birthday or whenever there's gifts to be given time. And so I've got a couple of bottles on top of the fridge, but as you will recall, had a, uh, rather unpleasant experience with bourbon last fall at um is that the remnants of what uh is that the same very same bottle no this oh. is this is so what he is referring to that people can't see is i am holding up a bottle of woodford reserve woodford reserve yes <laughs> um no this was a bottle that we had from in fact see how much is left in here this is do you remember our housewarming party that you came to yeah this is the same bottle Oh wow! So that's how much doesn't get drunk. That's what that was like two years ago, three years ago. Right, exactly. Yeah. So there's there's a bottle of rum. There's a bottle of Tito's vodka. Oh, Robert Tito Taylor um, gave you some vodka. That's cool. There's some Kahlua. There's all, there's all of these bottles of wine. All yeah, of so it. just a yeah. pro tip there, Millerman. Pointing your mouth toward the microphone sure, is really sure. where you're going to get mo most of the little, little more, little more <laughs> audio. Fair enough. That was that was my fault. See, As I'm a not professional the podcaster. I feel I don't like it's have upon me. I don't have the the hours and hours of podcasting. That well, you... it's the Malcolm Gladwell theory of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, the, all of that most, well, I should say all, most of that liquor is from that party two years ago. Liquor. We just, we just haven't drank it. I don't even know her. Drunk it, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, but I do, yeah, for me, it's beer. I, I will typically have some beer, um, but I don't drink it all the time. I don't drink it regularly. I don't drink it. I'm kind of like you. I would say more of a social drinker at this point. Yeah. And honestly, until, one of my sons started buying that bourbon a couple years ago. I only would drink beer if I ever drank. That was it. Never, never any of the hard stuff. And I'm still not a shot guy. Like we'll go somewhere and somebody's like buying shots. I'm like, no, I'm not a shot guy. I don't do shots. I don't like shots. I'm 54 years old. I'm not in college. I don't do shots. <laughs> I so, feel like you, I feel like you, you have the ability to do it. No, I just, I'm not into like, competitive or i don't know game gamification drinking you know it's like although you know the woodford reserve story we won't get into too much detail but my i think my dalliance with bourbon will have proved to be very short-lived in retrospect <laughs> it's just uh 
say these are the terms I think it's being talked about by just about everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, yeah, we, what, what people don't know is, is that we went on a little boys trip, went down to South Texas. Um, Last, uh, what, October, September, um, somewhere around there. October. Yeah. I want to say October. Um, early, early fall, early fall. Yeah. And, and still, still very hot outside. Yeah. But when I went went to this ranch and, um, it was there five of us. Yeah, I think so. It was like five of us. And, and we were in a place that held like 20 guys because it was was a good deal on Airbnb. (laughs) Yeah. The COVID deals on Airbnb have been yeah, very good. And so, uh, Bob, Bob drank, Bob drank quite a lot of Woodford reserve that, that night <laughs> that was the Friday night. And then, and then Saturday, he just could not, could yeah. not have more Saturday. You all. remember the Mexican restaurant Millerman? Yes, I do. And I like could barely nibble a, a tiny bite of a, to- a tortilla a tortilla. Yeah. Bob could not, could not eat very much at yeah, all. Which is shocking because that's eating is basically what I do all day, but he was struggling the entire Saturday and you could tell it there was, was just some sort of psychological um, restrict, like the restrictor plate was off. Like yeah. normally if yeah. I go, normally if I go out somewhere where there, where there's a chance of being, dr- of drinking a, I drive myself because I'm too cheap for an Uber. I don't like paying money to, for somebody else to drive me. So I know going in, got to watch how much I'm drinking because I'm driving and it's a good out on the shots and stuff like, sorry, driving. Sorry, I'm driving. Yeah. So it's a built in out. So at most, if I go out and somewhere and and I'm driving, I'll have three beers and I'll usually knock them out real early on. So I'm the last couple hours. I'm just, you know, not drinking and you know, I I'm also, I also drink cheap stuff. So the it's low ABV. It's like, you know, 4% or something. So yeah. three beers, like, you know, I mean, come on, it's not even really nothing. So, yeah. So what I'm, the reason I'm mentioning that is this trip we're referencing, we're at a place we're staying for the whole weekend. So, Hey, I don't have to drive. I don't have to get up. Oh, maybe I can have a little more than usual. And, and you did. Well, there were two problems. One was my ratio was way off. Like there was not enough Coke in my Woodford Reserve. I didn't even know you had Coke, Bob, frankly. Well, the later the evening went, there was probably less and less of it because that was the other problem was not only did I really know what I was doing from a mixing standpoint to start off with, but it very quickly deteriorated as my sobriety dissipated yeah. And it was just one after the other. And nobody really seemed to be keeping tabs on old Bob. Just <laughs> all of a sudden, no. you know, I'm wake up the next morning and find out about what happened. And I'm like, what? You, Tuna? What? You know, you had three quarters of that bottle easy. Yeah, that I, I think I there was there was a potential for alcohol poisoning i think it, it, <laughs> you had a good three quarters of that bottle and yes you had tried to eat some tuna some tuna from a can and some of it ended up on the floor and i'm stained a tablecloth i believe that you might have woken up early and started to purge yourself of well no it wasn't alcohol a, that was a, still in your it body. wasn't a, a a a forced purge but there was a shower and I was fortunate the shower had a drain that had openings that permitted the flow of expulsions, oral expulsions. Uh, yeah. Yes. So that was a tough one, pal. It, it was. was. That's that. Yeah. That was definitely the the drunkest and most hard I've drank at any instance since college, without question. Okay. That was that was a rough one. Listen, man, I've been there. I've been there. And I just, I mean, I don't even think going in, I had that intent. It's just, you know, you get to a certain point and you just have no regulator anymore. And yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So in a nutshell, bourbon, bad beer, good. And yeah. Yeah. You were, you were not, you were not okay. That, that 
Friday night, Saturday morning. No, no. And it's a, it, it's, it's a funny story. Nothing bad happened and we were safe. We were on, on the property there, but you know, I am kind of wary about that tendency because, you know, not to bring the room down a bit or anything, but uh, both of my parents were alcoholics. Now, my father, very seriously, like he literally drank himself to death. His liver went out when he was 59 years old. And he, wow. yeah. And he actually really lasted about 20 years more than he, like it was really more likely going to be like about 20 years earlier. Cause he, there was a, there was a time around 80, 81, 82, where he was in and out of the hospital quite a bit with those liver issues. And, you know, they basically told him he couldn't drink anymore. And for about 15, 20 years, he didn't drink. But when he started again, it, it got out of hand. And, wow. um, my mom as well, you know, she, she was never, at least it never seemed like a huge drinker. Um, but once he passed, she moved up here, but she was alone by herself, you know, depressed and was kind of, you know, surreptitiously drinking and, um, yeah. And she ended up, you know, having some serious health issues at a certain point. And, uh, but fortunately, uh, not to end on a downer, uh, this segment, not the podcast. We still have plenty of time for that. Uh, she's been sober now for, I want to say seven or eight years. Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah, so she's, she's good. She's doing good. But just the fact that that, uh, you know, I think there's probably a big genetic component, you know, alcoholism is a disease and there's, you know, so, uh, I always have to be kind of wary about that. Um, and, and just realize that that's something that may be in my genes. Well, you know, we have a, we have a very similar background from that, from that standpoint. So my, my mother uh, was the alcoholic in this case, not my dad. Uh, we, we've discussed him um, and he would have an occasional drink, but nothing, nothing funny. There is a, there is a funny story about my dad drinking. Uh, remind me in, in a moment after I get serious here. Okay. Funny story about, about Ramblin' Roy. But um, so, yeah, my mom was the drinker. And I think, honestly, I think that's one of the things that led to my parents' divorce when I was younger was just kind of her drinking and she was 10 years younger than my dad. So she was still, she had gotten, they had met when she was like 16. They got married when she was late 17. My brother was born when she was 18. So really, you know, she, I'm sure she felt like she didn't really have that, that time period to, to really party or have fun or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and so when I was, um, I want to say I was seven or eight is when my parents divorced. And I think, I think her drinking kind of led to that. And then she, she met a man and uh, became my stepdad and he was an alcoholic and, and she was an alcoholic at this point. So I remember far too many times she kept a, she kept a liter of rum. Her drink of choice was rum. She would keep a liter of rum under her front seat and, uh, I, I I don't know how many times I made the drinks. You know, I'm eight, nine years old, and I always thought it was funny to just keep pouring the rum. You know, just her, her drink was Diet Coke and rum, and I would just put more rum because I thought it was funny. I didn't realize at the time, you know, what I was helping to contribute to and, and everything else. When I was 12 is really when I started drinking. Oh, really? I started drinking. Now this I did not know. Yeah, I started drinking at like 12. And I had a serious problem for about three years or so. Three In your, in three, your teen years. years? Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, Man, I, was, I, I was a big drinker, yeah. Now, what about your brother? Nah. Nah, he was never a big drinker. He's social, occasional drinker and still is, but, but never, never really had a problem with it. Um, and was this just because of the observation and access to it through your mom and your stepdad or, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of things. They, I was living, I was living with, with two alcoholics and I was in a bad situation when I think I, I think I'd mentioned this, but 
my mom and stepdad and my stepbrother and I had moved to Hendersonville, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville. Um, and it was just a bad situation for me. I missed home. I missed my dad. Um, and I, and I started drinking. And then when I, when I came home, when I got, I eventually left Tennessee, um, came back home, started living with my dad and I just started drinking and I started hanging out with a crowd that drank. And I always ran with an older crowd, two, three years older than me. So it just turned out that, you know, I'm hanging out, I'm 12, 13 years old. I'm hanging out with 15, 16, 17 year olds. And they think, Hey, this is hilarious. The 13 year old kids drinking. Well, I mean, a lot of times I could put them under the table. I was a big fat kid, so I could drink a lot and it, it really didn't impact me, but sometimes I would just, I would drink too much. And, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was going to these parties and I was, I was hanging out and, and just having a good time. And, and that's what I did. But right when I was about, I was about 15 or so. Actually, it, I can, I remember vividly, my mother was, was, uh, you know, the, the time when you're getting your license and you have to get some hours in driving. Yes. So you yes. got to drive with a parent or whatever. Right. Well, my mother was, was taking me out, but my mother was drunk. Well, we got, it was a rainy day and she thought that I had done something dangerous in the car. So she wanted to drive. Well, she was drunk and we were a block away from the house and she took a curve too wide and sideswiped a, a truck. Cops came, gave her a DUI. Ooh, and a block from the house. A block from the house. Yeah. Block. Um, and that, that right there really kind of put her on a path to, to starting to sober up. So she started going to AA. So it was kind of a uh, blessing in disguise, really. Yeah, it was. She started going to AA. I started going to Al-Anon. Um, for now, what? How did how did the stepdad deal with all this? Did he? She. I'm sorry. So I should have explained. Yeah. So uh, after about after about six months after I left Tennessee, they split up. Okay. They ended up getting a divorce. So he was out of the he was out of the picture at this okay. point. Okay. Well, that probably to- was yeah. beneficial to allowing her to approach and seek sobriety because it's difficult to do that when you have another alcoholic in the relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. They they would have been an an enabler for sure. Um, And I started going to to Al-Anon, which, you know, for people that that don't know, that is for family members and friends of alcoholics. Now I've always heard of uh, also Alateen. Now, is yeah. that the one for teenagers or is that? It is, but that wasn't a thing in my town. That that wasn't an option. They did have AA and they did have Al-Anon, but, okay. but there, wasn't, there wasn't anything beyond that at that point. So, But I started going and then just listening to some of those stories and realizing kind of what I was doing. And even, even in those casual settings, it really put me off. And, and from about 15 to the time I was about 18, I probably drank maybe twice. I just, I just kind of stopped because like you, I was, I was really worried about it. Yeah. And then from the time that I was 18 until the time that I was about 31, 32, somewhere in there, I'm not certain that I had a drink of alcohol at all. Wow. For 12 or 13 years. I mean, it was a long time. I, I just, I don't need it. And I don't crave it. I don't get to the point where I start having a drink and I feel like I have to have another one. Yeah. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but I have friends, I, you know, dear friends that, that are, are alcoholics like that, where they can have one sip and that turns into one bottle and that turns into one case because it's an addiction for them and they, they can't stop. You know, they're, they're chasing something whether it's a good time or a high or whatever, and, and it just never comes. And I, I don't have that. So now, while I do have my own vices and I absolutely have an addictive type of personality, thank God I've never been addicted to alcohol. Yeah, I think we share that same thing, that our addiction is food. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we do not. Yeah, because I'm mean, the same way. I mean, the, the Woodford Reserve incident, notwithstanding i also never have been a i need a drink i need another drink it's always just 
a social, like, Hey, we're at a place where everybody's drinking. Yeah. I'll have a beer or two, you know? And like, and I think the hallmark, you know, the real, uh, key, uh, piece of that, that, that makes that apparent for both of us is really, like you said, not really ever drinking at home or not really keeping a lot of alcohol on hand at home. It's right. like, that's when, you know, someone potentially maybe more than just a social drinker when they have, when they have to make recurring trips to specs or yeah, when you got a credit line set up or that you walk into that specs and they're like, Hey Bob, yeah, it's, it's, it's too much. Yeah. I mean, I, I know when I was a kid and I never thought anything of it at the time, but in retrospect, yeah, this is definitely insane. We would stop at the liquor store, not necessarily every day, but multiple times a week yeah, Like same. after work, like, okay, just hit the liquor store on the way home, you know? And when I was just in the car, you know, I never really went in and there was a couple of them that had drive-throughs. So my dad, but my, you know, it's just in retrospect, it's like, my God, we used to do that. We used to go there all the time. <laughs> oh, see, that's the thing for us. And, and it was more of a chore for us because where we lived, the towns were dry. So you had to go out into the County in order to go get it. And so it was, it was deliberate, right? It wasn't an accident. It wasn't, it wasn't a, oh, it was convenient, so I just got something. No, you had to make a choice to go. You had to go probably 10 miles outside of town in either direction to try to go get it. Yeah. My hometown was used to be the same way. So the first few years, I, I have memories of this, were the same thing you're talking about. There was literally where the county line was on the other side of the county line on that two-lane highway or whatever – there was a liquor store and there was nothing else out there. It was just farmland, but there's yeah. this liquor store right on the other side of the County line. And I remember they used, we used to make runs out there yeah. before, before they changed it. And the town got to start having liquor stores in town, but yeah, oh, I, I have no idea how many times we, we did a liquor run or a beer run. You know, it's a, it's Saturday at eight fifteen. It takes thirty minutes to get to the to the store, and you, it's going to be eight forty five before we get there. But you got to get there by nine. It's like the you cannonball know. run for yes, for Trump. yes, it was. <laughs> it was. I have no idea how many times I must have been involved in that, and and it was just that was just how I grew up. And it, like I said, I I'm I'm thankful that I don't have that need for alcohol. Now, having said that, that doesn't mean that. I haven't been drunk and I have, I have some stories from, from times where I have had far, far too much alcohol, like your, your Woodford reserve night. Um, but I, but I, but I've always been lucky. And unfortunately too, I'll say that there have been some nights where I shouldn't have been driving and I was, and I regret yeah, I that. think most people you know? would, would be in that situation. I mean, I'm sure that's been the case with me as well. I mean, but well, I know, you know, I've known, I've known too many people that have gotten, you know, DWIs and, and there, but for the grace of God, go I, because I, I would have that too. I, I could easily a number of times have been pulled over and gotten just railroaded all the way. There's no question. And, and I would have been totally at fault and I know it. So I really try to like you, I try to limit it. I either try to make sure that I'm in a situation where I can get a ride somewhere or I'm going to be staying somewhere, but I don't like to, I don't like to drink a lot and, and, and drive, you know, I just don't, I don't do it anymore. That's one of the good things about you living in Northwest Waco is that, <laughs> yeah. is that when you do, when you and Melanie do come into civilization to mingle with us, common folk you guys get a hotel or whatever. A hotel room, so yeah. so you you kind of almost have that built-in you know structure to enable there not being any issues you know from like transportation or anything like that yeah we schedule our drunkenness is what you're saying <laughs> got it yes, yes. We, we we're on a schedule and we we follow it's that pre-planned religiously yes religiously yeah. So my dad, I told you, my dad, my dad was not a drinker. Right. I mean, I, I, I've, I don't, I don't have any stories of me kicking back and sharing a beer with my dad ever. 
we, so we you just never didn't. really recall your dad ever having had too many. No, no. I, there were a couple times where I know he and I went to a club uh, to go see a band or friends of his and he would get a beer and it, it, and even then, even just seeing him drink a beer was like, Whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> My dad's drinking a beer, but there is one time. So, you know, I come from Corsicana and just North of Corsicana is a little town called Ennis. The Ennis. Ennis. And Ennis has an annual poco festival. And my dad had come on to Ennis uh, to broadcast from the poco festival. You know, he was at the radio station and he, and he went up there and he must have had obviously too much to drink at this poco festival, too much beer, whatever. Well, he's on the air. Yeah. At, at some point. Nice. And at this point, and so at, 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 and thinking back on it now, he obviously drove back from Ennis to Corsicana. My brother owned a, uh, a baseball card shop. My brother, really? yeah, he owned, a, he owned a sports card shop. And I remember we were sitting in there and it was me and my brother and maybe my, my now sister-in-law, I think she might've been there as well. And my dad comes in and he was telling us that he had just been to Ennis and he had been at the Polka Festival and Baba, swear to God, he starts doing the chicken dance. <laughs> and he was doing, he was making the sounds and he was doing the dance. And it was one of the funniest things I've seen in my entire life was my dad drunk doing the chicken dance in the middle of the card shop. It was fantastic. Man, it sounds. <laughs> it was there, so I, funny. God, I wonder so if Ramblin' Roy really would get to Ramblin' if he'd had a few. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. Oh man, that that old the chicken dance. I'll never forget it. Anytime I hear that song or think about like a polka festival, <laughs> that is immediately what comes to mind. Is my dad doing the chicken dance and just flapping his arms man it was fantastic it was really great oh, that's hilarious yeah it's um drinking's just a weird it's a weird thing it's like i guess it's the people who drink to it with the intent of becoming intoxicated which yeah it's kind of the purpose of alcohol i mean otherwise would you just not drink non out something non-alcoholic i mean it's yeah it's 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 there's it's, there's just a weird element involved in it that it's the intent is to yeah and it's so pervasive you. it's so common it is so it is so just um accepted that like you said you know we're coming up on july 4th and how many people are going to be drinking on july 4th and and it's a it's a real struggle. Like I know when we go out, when we, when we go meet our friends, you know, from, from the group, it's a thing we're all drinking and it's just, it's a common acceptable thing. And I don't want to say that it shouldn't be, but, but definitely, I don't know that, that even, I, I don't know that we even think about it as, as seriously as we should sometimes. And so, yeah, it's almost like it's just a um, default behavior. Like, right. oh, we're oh, out yeah. with friends. Oh, yeah, we got to go drink. drink. And yep. it's like, yep. not not saying you shouldn't, but it's just the, that it's just almost that's the first place right. everybody's mind goes in those situations. It is. And I think, I think if we, I think it's one of the reasons that we kind of wanted to talk about this. Like I said, we're not down on drinking. We both do it. Um, Which I'm, I'm impressed, Millerman, that as a recovered alcoholic, that you're able to drink and, yeah. and I've been out with you and seen you drink many times and yeah, you're for fine. You, I don't know why, but, but I am blessed that I don't have that addiction to it. Like, and I think what it is, is that, you know, for, for, for the people that I know that, that were alcoholics or, or are alcoholics, a lot of times they're drinking to chase away pain or escape from whatever is happening to them. Or, and that seems like you know, what was the catalyst for you when you were drinking as a young teen? Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely, like I said, it was a bad situation and I think that's kind of what started it, but I just realized that at some point I, I don't need that. 
my personality, my brain doesn't work that way where I don't need to, I don't need to run away from that. So um, I just, thank goodness, never got, um, I just never got addicted to it. And, you know, for all those friends of mine and family that, that did and, and are, you know, I'm sorry. And, and if I contributed it in any way to um, any of that behavior or any of the, the problems that, you know, you might've had or, or anything like that, I just wanted to say that I'm sorry. So. That's, that's, uh, that's very, very touching. I'm, and I'm serious. I'm not, uh, not doing a bit. That's well said. Well said, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, yeah. So I feel like, um, you know, I don't, oddly enough, I don't have a huge negative, um, perception or connotation of, of drinking in and of itself, you know, even having gone through, you know, the parents being alcoholics and all that, I guess it's just, it's one of those case by case basis type deals, right? Like most people, a lot of people, you know, seem like they can drink on occasion and they're fine. An occasional drinker, a social drinker, somebody that, you know, can, can take it or leave it. And that's thank goodness for me, but there are, there are too many people that I think we both know that, that can't do that. Well, yeah. And it's, and it becomes a true dependency. It's like, it's really, you know, yeah, absolutely. So that's, you know, hopefully that's something that um, people who suffer with that are able to overcome. I'm really glad you were able to do that. Um, I had, I literally had no idea that was the case. Um, so it's interesting that you were able to get into the show and <laughs> we had talked about bringing up this, this topic, uh, yeah. you know, so yeah, but, um, well, I would throw it out there is that, that for anybody listening, if they think they have a problem, reach out, happy to help. Yeah. Can point you in the right direction. Try to try to give you some advice or some tips. If you know you have a problem and you're looking for somebody, if you're looking for a way to stop, reach out. Happy to help. Want to be an ear for anybody that needs it. Um, and if nope. you're looking to go out and and have a drink, let me know. Let's uh, let's go get a drink. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no judgment. My whole thing is, I never want to see anybody go through what like my dad put himself through and you know what my mom had to suffer with for a while. I mean, yeah, it's bad when you're impacted by it as a family member, but it's, it's worse for the person who actually is going through it. And it's, yeah, I just don't want anybody to, you know, hurt themselves and, and, you know, potentially um, die as a result of, of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, but that being said, we, you and I are in agreement. We do not, we're not anti alcohol. We still do drink on occasion and no judgment at all. It's just more, like you said, anybody needs help or wants help. You or I both would be more than happy to do what we could to try and help them out. You know, you can, you can reach me at blind Nello on Twitter or on Instagram. And my Twitter and Instagram handle actually somewhat even references alcohol, <laughs> if you think about it. So, yeah, lukewarm tall boy. Um, well, any other thoughts for the uh, for the episode? I mean, we're no, we're I didn't, minutes. I didn't really mean to bring it or, or try to end it on a downer note. No, sure. I don't, I don't, I think we're ending it on a hopeful note, Millerman. I, I, yeah, you're like that. wanting people. Who need help to get better and if you need to get a drink just let me know yeah to, we yeah. will give you a ride yes either alcoholics anonymous or a bar or a bar right we're and, no judgment 
we are full service. And I don't know that there are many people who would extend that same offer. That's right. And I think there are probably even fewer people who would approve of us extending that (laughs) offer. But that being said. So much judgment is being passed on us right now. Yes. Yes. We do not pass judgment, but we, I'm sure, will have to deflect much of it in in the weeks to come. All of the emails that are flooding in that that will be condemning us. Yes. No, no. We... We love a cold beer on occasion, but uh, folks, don't uh, don't send yourself to an early grave. That's that's my that's yeah, my that's it. That's that's that wrap that up right there. That was it. That was the advice. Don't drink yourself to an early grave. Yep. End of story. Moderation. Moderation is key. As with everything. As with tying it back to the weigh-in at the beginning, right? When we're able to moderate and regulate our food intake, our weight goes down. We look better. We feel better. Same thing for alcohol. Same thing for anything. Anything to excess is going to be problematic. Listen, I know we have a trip coming up in October. I'm, I'm just trying to be as fit as possible for that trip. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We do have that trip coming up and um. I think that will be good. I think that'll be good. Looking forward to that. And I think obviously the episode after that trip needs to be a recap <laughs> of that trip, or at least what we're willing to publicly discuss. admit to. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yes. Well, I think we'll be able to tie it into some of the topics that we've discussed before, including dance halls, drinking music. Yes. All of these, these things will be able to be recapped and brought back to life. Indeed. Indeed. All right, buddy. Well, we gave our handle out already. So yeah. I think we can just turn it over to Ramblin' Roy now. I think I think we should. And I'll just be thinking of the chicken dance. <laughs> this is Ramblin' Roy Miller reminding you to keep it country and so long for now. Possible Deniability is a production of Lukewarm Tallboy Studios. Oh, Mike.